May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, doing our bit to help preserve the legacy of Shunyu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind, I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitation of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, Tony Weisberg, formerly Tony McCarty. And before that, when she was at Zen Center, Tony Johansson, T-O-N-I, the female of the Tony and Tony Johansson couple that was at Zen Center back starting in 1965. And uh, um, T-O-N-I is she and T-O-N-Y was he. And he has passed on. Uh, He was running a Zendo in Santa Barbara, right up to the end, she said. And that wasn't that many years ago, five years ago or something. Anyway, uh, Tony uh, and Tony came to Zen Center in 65. And, you know, if you read her interview, which I did uh, maybe about 25 years ago on gook.com, it's really great how she talks about how she came to she talks about it here too, but it's it's really neat. I, I really like it, and it was so full. And and this is too, uh, uh, but but that was when I was working on Crooked Cucumber. It was so full of great information that um, I used you know a lot of what she said uh, to uh, talk about uh, the Los Altos Zendo and. Um, her exchanges with uh, Shunyu Suzuki, they were great. She uh, had a notebook that uh, she took notes and made comments, and then uh, he'd look at it and make some comment to her or write something in it. And so um, we now have uh, that notebook scanned and transcribed, and... Um, uh, she uh, read it and uh, made some additions, and that will be another podcast that'll come on in a, a few weeks. Uh, and her daughter, as you'll learn in this, um, I did. Um, I've already done a talk with her. We're going to have her daughter, uh, who was uh, at Tassahara um, in an elementary school. And um, we had a little school that uh, Tony and her friend Lynn Lockie, who was Lynn Warnkoff back then, uh, who was, uh, I believe, last week's podcast, um, uh, that, you know, they 
got going there at Tassajara, there was like, I don't know, like a dozen kids in it. 1970, it was very cool, and they sold rock suits. So we'll hear a little bit about that uh, from Tony and then later from her daughter. Um, and uh, anyway, she went on to do various things and become a lawyer late in life, very late, and um, had some hard times, which you'll hear about. And uh, uh, talk about uh, how I received the original uh, manuscript uh, that Marion Derby did for Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Uh, that it was just called Beginner's Mind. It was just a little uh, draft, sort of, you know, typed out and all that. But uh, that was neat to have. We have that on com. And uh, anyway, so. That gives you an idea about Tony. So look, uh, oh, the way it starts it goes. There you are. I think I said something. It's because we were having trouble connecting, but we did. And so, uh, listen. After we've had our pause to meditate, we'll give Tony Johansson a call. And uh, so, when you hear the bell, if you've set your mind, hit pause. And meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause. And we'll hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And we'll give Tony a call. Hello. Oh, good. There you are. Good morning. Good How are morning. you? Fine. How are you doing? Oh, fine. Thank you. Good to hear you. Yeah, good to so, hear you. Wow. You're putting together some stories about Tassahara. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'm sort of uh, rounding them up now. I've been writing little things off and on for... Oh, about nine years now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I know how it goes, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, Rhonda, my daughter, um, she said, we talked about it, and she said she, she'd she love to tell you about her experiences as a kid at Tassajara. Absolutely. Uh, so that would be good. That would be good. Tell her I want to do a podcast with her. Okay. And uh, also, uh, let's you and me do a podcast right now, which means we just talk normally, just like we're doing. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Uh, you, you're working on a book. Called, yeah. It's got a good name, too, Hungry Ghost. Yes, right, right. I put it aside for quite a while, and then I recently started up again to finish it, hopefully. Um, what? Tell me about it. Well, it has to do with my experiences 
as a early Zen student with Suzuki Roshi, and it partly has to do with a notebook that he asked me to keep to uh, so he could see how Zen was fitting into our American life. And so I kept this notebook, and the things that I said are mostly <laughs> inane, but the things that he said in return are um, priceless. Wow. So, yeah. Well, you and should I, put the whole notebook into your book. Yeah. I was just looking, and I, I can see that I can do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, keep, let me know how that's going. I think you should finish that. Okay. I'm going to try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Cool. So you're in Santa Barbara now. Yes. Uh huh. And you were living in Santa Barbara long ago after you left the Bay Area. Um, yes, yes, yes. Right. We moved down here because the, the, the children, it was kind of hard in the neighborhood up there on, on uh, Page Street. And so we got invited to come down to Santa Barbara by a, a, a fellow who was doing a group down here. And so we came down and then had the little Zendo in our house and... Uh, was very was a good time. Mm. It was a good time in my mind in my memories. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, you and your husband Tony T O N Y. Uh, yeah. Whereas you are T O N I. Uh, what year mm-hmm. did you come uh, go? down to Santa Barbara? Yeah. About nineteen. 19- 70 or 71. Did you, did you come? 71. Before Suzuki Roshi died. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And before he knew he was dying, or at least he wasn't telling us. (laughs) Well, he, he didn't know he had cancer until October of 71. Mm, okay, well, yeah, we, we were certainly not there then. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he thought, well, the doctor had thought it was hepatitis. Um, mm. But uh, that isn't what it was. Hmm. So uh, where where do you come from? Oh, my father was a hospital administrator with the VA, so we moved around all over the country. I started out, was born in in, uh, DuPont, Washington, then moved to Carmel, and then moved to Virginia, and on and on. And what was he? He was a hospital administrator with the VA. Oh. And he was very good at getting hospitals started or getting them out of trouble. So oh. we would go on a mission to do that. And I didn't mind at all at the time. I, I thought it was a big adventure. Well, I didn't mind. a lot of time it's hard on kids to do that because they, 
make friends and then they have to leave their friends. Did you experience that? Yes. Yes, I did. And, you know, I thought that it wasn't so bad, but we moved around, of course, with our kids and they didn't like it so much. Yeah. Especially Rhonda. She, she, she got insecure from that, but she never said a word about it until she was all grown up. But, um, mm. yeah. And I went to school in Vancouver, Washington, and then college in Pullman and Seattle, and then finished up down here at UCSB. Oh. In film studies of all things. No kidding. Like I get to make <laughs> Yeah, it was exciting, but it was a while ago, and I didn't have any uh, contacts to really get in the business of it. So I just wrote screenplays with, a, with my friend Victoria, which, huh. of course, never got sold. But, you know, it kept us, kept us excited. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What, what year did you graduate from college? Hmm, nineteen seventy-five. Um, I'm gonna say. Oh. Oh. Long time ago, and then I went to law school. Oh. And I I became an attorney, and I did a death penalty case. With uh, with my my now husband, and uh, we, the guy was saved from the death penalty, and so it was a real wonderful experience. Mm. But then I I came up to San Francisco and was going to try to work as a lawyer, and I couldn't really I couldn't really get any any leads any jobs, so. Um, that that was that was a disappointment. But I didn't want to be an attorney, really. <laughs> I wanted to be a priest, and I I said that to um, Blanche, and she told me that I had to stay an attorney to raise money for the center, you know, to contribute that way. And, of course, I was just not <clears throat> eager to do that at all. Hmm. 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 Wow. So you were up in the in the Bay Area. Oh, but, but now you said you graduated. When did you graduate from high school? Oh, in 1958. So you didn't, so what, what happened after high school? Where did you go? Went to um, Washington State, and then after that to Washington, University of Washington. And then uh, Tony and I moved down to the Bay Area, and... In what, what, I, in what year? Um, I'm awful with these things. I'm not sure what. Well, I could figure it out. 1961, I'd say. 1961, about. Mm. And he was trying out for, um, to be, a, of all things, 
a police officer. But that's when he found out that he only had one year, and you have to have two years to be a police officer. So he was saved from continuing down that path, which what? was... You mean yeah. he didn't have hearing out of one ear? Yeah, one of one of his ears. He was born without one ear. Oh, they did some you plastic mean, surgery. You mean he actually didn't have an ear? That's right. Did he have an orifice there? No, no. So he couldn't hear at all out of the one side of his head. So wow. that was decidedly a handicap for that. But um, anyway, then he was a school teacher. He became a school teacher by going to um, get a degree that they were offering at San, San Jose State, I guess it was, yeah, um, for people with a college degree because he had a college degree in... Um, business. And so it, they they would hire them as a school teacher and just um, kind of let them loose on it. And that's what happened to him when we were down here. We were down in the Bay Area, down here. Well, we're, we were down in the Bay Area and um, he got a job with uh, a school down there, down, excuse me, I get in Fremont, Fremont, you know, where that is. Mm-hmm. And then we met Suzuki Roshi. And it was from there that we moved to San Francisco. And that must have been in 1965. Mm-hmm. No, you met Suzuki Roshi before then, didn't you? What am I saying? 1965? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, no, oh, I really? think that's right. Oh. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh. When he was coming down to Los Altos, and we went over to Los Altos and then decided that this was the thing to do was to move to San Francisco. So and we had the two little kids then, and we moved up to San Francisco. From where? From um, Fremont. Oh, now I I associate you with the Los Altos Zendo and there first. Uh huh. Where was the first yeah. place you sat? Was. Oh, at Tim Buckley's place in Palo Alto. I mean, the place that he was Timber having people Cat. come and sit. T- Timber yeah. Cat. Yeah. And, and uh, so that's where I started. And oh, then oh you were sitting that. with Timber Cat. Yeah. Uh, that was 64, I think. Uh, but you think 65. Might have been. I'm terrible with, with uh, yeah. numbers. Um, terrible. B- because if you were sitting with Tim Burkett, that's right when he started because... Coming down there, yeah. Uh, uh, what, it, it, because after uh, the Suzuki had been sitting uh, with some 
uh, student Stanford students there in Palo Alto at his place. It moved to a woman's home uh, for about yeah, half a year. No, no, before Marion. Yeah. Before Marion. Yeah, there was a couple meetings at some other woman's house. I don't know who it was. We were given the address. It was going to be in the evening. And I saw I saw Marion driving around, and I had seen her at this sitting group. And I said, are you looking for what I'm looking for? And she said, yes. He's a Zen master. He must have given us the wrong address to test us. I said, no, I think we just can't find it yet. <laughs> but anyway, and then, then she started doing it at her home in the mornings after right, that. Right, right. Oh. Yeah. So, and in the evenings, yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Um, so I got to drive him to the Los Altos group in the evenings. And Tony drove him to um, Berkeley in the morning over to Mel's group. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we did pretty good for a long time sharing the practice. Like I could go and he could go and it worked out well. When we went to Tassajara, that was not the case. <laughs> Mm. At Tassajara, he got made a dough on, which meant he had to be in there, uh, you know, most of the time in the Zendo, in the Buddha Hall, whatever. And uh, I had to stay with the kids. Mm. And so it didn't work well. But then what happened was I didn't didn't stay down at the cabin all the time. I went to Zazen, and poor Rhonda was very afraid being left in the cabin with her brother. I I had no idea because she was such a little trooper. I didn't know. And I thought the place was so safe, you know, who could be worried? And, uh, but anyway, that's just come up lately. Huh. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, uh, How old was she at that time? She was, she was, Six and seven, and 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 you, uh, and you, uh, you had a boy, what, right? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron, and then a little boy, a little boy. I mean, I had a baby that I brought there, and that was Philip. Uh-huh. Philip. He uh huh. Born in uh, nineteen sixty eight. Hmm. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, but w- when when did you and Tony get together? Oh, uh, in college in uh, Washington State University. I was getting off the train, and I had this big formal gown over my sh- my arm. I was just this freshman that didn't know what was what. And he gave me a ride from the train station up to the dorm. And that was the beginning of a long relationship. Mm. Mm. Uh, so, um, you, 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 that was interesting. You said Tony would drive Suzuki to Berkeley. and uh, Yeah, in the morning. But is that when you were living in? Uh, 
in San Francisco. San Francisco. So yeah, then he did that, and I did the to Los Altos. Except some mornings, I think he drove to Los Altos. I'm not. No, sure. no, he My never memory, drove. He never drove um, down there. Oh, there were many different people that would drive him. To I've I've had so many people tell me they drove uh, Suzuki to uh, Los Altos. Or, or oh my back. goodness. Uh, That's funny, because I drove him there the whole time he was giving those lectures that became Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, mm-hmm. and I even asked him some questions in my notebook about that, about, like, his talks, and, but yeah, I'm sure people did after that, or, or uh, maybe sometimes when when I couldn't do it. Well, you know, if somebody... Uh, drove him once or twice. Uh, um, I did. I remember. Uh, they'd remember it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, w- w- it was kind of the highlight. The highlight of my life was driving Suzuki Roshi and, well, and having that time. What uh, What do you remember about it? Well, that... Um, we we would talk and sometimes I would ask him questions and and then sometimes he would lecture about them in the lecture and um other times I would just tell him things and ask him questions right there in the car. Do you remember uh, anything answers. specific? Oh yeah, sure. You want me to tell you everything I Hmm, well, I, I, that's when I told him the thing about which you've got in your book about that I had such strong feelings for him mm-hmm. that I didn't know if they were, they were right or not. And he told me that he said, good. He said, um, you can have all the feelings you want for your master because I have enough discipline for both of us. And I thought that was really something in terms of what happened later with some other priests. Not with me, but with other students. I thought Roshi was so um, Mm -hmm. strong and and, uh, straightforward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, He's exceptional that way. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, well, tell and me. And then mo- I told him. I told him about I, how I had wanted. I wanted to be a priest. Well, I said a nun in those days. I wanted to be a nun, and I, I wrote it in my notebook. And I said I was embarrassed to say it because I didn't know if it was ever a possibility. But when my children were raised, I wanted to come and live in his temple and and help. Be a, be a priest, and I said, "Do you think that's possible?" And he said, "I hope so." Huh. Huh. Which was rather rather sad, but I thought, well, at least it's not a crazy idea on my part. Yeah. But I hope so. so he couldn't guarantee me. I mean, he, dear man, didn't live that long. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. 
Um, so, uh, you know, we got Tassahara in, uh, oh, just right at the last few days of December. Probably wasn't signed until early January or something. But, um, um, uh, you know, we had people going down there right away. Uh, yeah. Well, when did did when did you and Tony first go down? We didn't go down until the summer. For a, a, we didn't go down ever for the training periods, just for two summers, and that was let me tell you when it was. It was in nineteen sixty. Um, four or five. No, 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 no. We got Tassahara. Sixty-seven was the first year at Tassahara. Uh, okay. You so, were what well, was you the were there in that after. summer? All right. The kids' school was nineteen seventy. Hmm. Uh, the kids' school was seventy and seventy-one with Lynn. With Lynn, pardon? With Lynn Lockie, that that school, the school that Lynn and I did together, is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, you, t- you Tassahara. Talk to Sahara. You talked to Lynn, yeah, at Tassahara. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the year before, Tony and I had tried to do it. It was just our kids, and it didn't work out too well because we had to also do some of the work schedule. Yeah. So, when Lynn came along, it was great because then we had time to be with the kids and do things with them, you know, instead of just turning them entirely loose. That was... So uh, they had a lot of free time. Yeah. That was 1970. And, and okay. that's when the, the, you all sewed the rock suits. Yes, right, right. So, yeah, and, and she's sending you some wonderful pictures of that, I think. Oh, yeah, we've got them. We've already got them online. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Do you have that one with Roshi leaning over with a flower in his hand, touching, uh, I think it was touching Monica's Lisa's head, one of the kids' head with the flower? Uh Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm I'm making a note. That uh, one has a picture of, of me in it, too, looking at Rosie. Um, uh, I, I'll have to check the photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I've got a note on it. Ah. And, uh, but they were very good about making their roxes. I was really surprised. I was surprised at my own son, Aaron, actually sewing his roxu. And he was only, um, let's see, he, he must have been six. Must have been six that year. And then Ro- Ro- Rhoda, is that her name? Rhonda. Rhonda uh, would be seven. Rhonda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Now, uh, I didn't know you'd ask me so many years. I'm not very good at these numbers. Well, that doesn't matter. Whenever I'm asked questions. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh, the, you're right. The years don't matter. Uh, but uh, Tony was uh, also involved with the Shire School. Yeah, Tony and me. We did, we did Shire School, the free school in the Haight-Ashbury. And uh, we talked to Roshi about it before we did it and got some, some well, just a little bit of advice, like having the children manipulate objects in order to learn about things. as kind of the Montessori way, actually. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, we started first. We started in uh, a church, and then they kept shutting us down, the building inspectors, because they weren't set up any of these places for schools. And so we were in about five different buildings (laughs) during the time that we were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So um, uh, I think the Shire School... But might have started in '69 or around there. Uh, maybe so. Maybe Lynn knows. I don't know these things exactly. Yeah, was Lynn involved with Shire School? She was just in the summer when we were doing a, a, a summer school, and it wasn't Shire School yet. It was called Bag End, Bag End School, and. Um, she had enough sense after that summer to see that it was going to be too chaotic. Mm-hmm. So she didn't go forward into the wildness of doing the free school and the hate Ashbury and around and about and in Yeah. In the, mm. Anyway. It was hard, and it got to be so that it was too chaotic for our own kids. And so we went up to um, Mount Shasta and did a little free school in Mount Shasta and then realized we weren't making a living, and so he decided to become a country school teacher. And we went around... Um, interviewing at the various schools in in Shasta, no, Siskiyou County, which Mm -hmm. Mount Shasta is in. And we cut, he had long hair and everything. We cut his hair to go for these interviews. And I was pregnant at the time. And and, uh, anyway, we we felt we were doing a, a sneak, sneaking in to the, world of getting a paycheck but they hired him <laughs> and I would help in the school with as long as he wanted me to but sometimes I'd just not be involved hmm. in the one room school hmm. but he did that for two years hmm. he did that in Sawyer's Bar Oh, and it was there yeah. that we were in Sawyer's Bar when we came to Tassajara that first summer. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a yeah. tiny place. 
It's yeah, hard, it, you've it, been up there. Yeah, it's hardly even a. Is there a town? Uh, yeah, there's a town. It's a forest service town. Mm. It's old. I mean, it had some old, really old places from when it was uh, more of a mining thing. Hmm. Wow. You all moved around. Yeah. So we. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You. you you're, Ask you're, my kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're in so many we places. Yeah. So we moved back from there, from Sawyer's Bar. We moved to Sen Center to living above Katagiri Roshi and Tomoe-san and Yachan and Ajo's house, right next to Zen Center. Right. So we lived there for a while. And Tony taught in a Montessori school that Yvonne Rand was involved in. The San I Francisco mean, school. Yeah, 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 right. So he taught there, and we lived and went to Zen Center. Yeah. But then, as I say, it became kind of unsafe in the neighborhood and we got this other opportunity and so we decided it would be a nice place to raise kids and it was it is yeah Santa Barbara yeah and you had a little sitting group there I I remember that I remember when you moved down there yeah Uh, uh-huh yeah yeah I was that so, was nice. Yeah, I was sorry to see you guys go. Uh, uh, I wasn't yeah, living in the city, insane. but I knew you were there. I'd come to the city sometimes from Tassa. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But you, you were you at Tassahara in the last summer, uh, any, in 71? No, just the, the last. The summer, whatever summer that was, the children's um, rock sioux ceremony was held was the last year. Yeah, it's 70. We came to Tassahara. 70. And then, yeah, then you moved to uh, Santa Barbara. Uh, So what what happened after you moved to Santa Barbara? Well, um, it went... It went pretty well, but our marriage started to fall apart. And like one time I knew it was really over was when I was carrying the stick and I went behind him and he was asleep and I placed it on his, the stick on his shoulder and he sat up and got mad. And I thought, oh boy, this isn't working. (laughs) And. And uh, we ended up getting a divorce that year, and I went back to Minneapolis to study with Katagiri Roshi. Oh. And took two of the kids with me, so they got uprooted again and uh, went to study with Katagiri Roshi and um, did did puppet shows for for my uh, my daily life. Really? Really? Yeah. Do you know that Marion Marion Derby uh, used to do puppet shows? Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And my my present wife uh, 
had a traveling puppet theater with her first husband. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> well, I had I had a company called Uppity Puppetry because we were uppity. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. Yeah. And then let's see what happened. Uh, well, how was it in Minneapolis with Katagiri? Well, it was it was a little strange because. I was so used to him being like a kind of like a brother, kind of like, I mean, because I used to help him with his English, you know, when we lived in San Francisco and for his lectures and go over them with him. And I felt close to him that way. But when I was there, that was when he had his infidelity and I knew about it and I felt really bad. I felt really, I can't explain it, but I, I left and came back to Santa Barbara again mm. with the kids. Mm. Goes on and on, doesn't it? Yeah, keep going. <laughs> so we went back to Santa Barbara. And, uh, oh, then I, then soon after that, I went back to school to UCSB. And got the degree in film studies. I, I was able to get it in one year because I had um, three years of elementary education. So I had a lot of requirements fulfilled. And I just got to take all film classes, which was fun. Huh. And, uh, yeah. Then started writing screenplays with Vicky. My my woman friend who I was in a relationship with for uh, almost 19 years. Mm. And I was in a relationship with her that was dissolving when I came up to San Francisco by myself. When you know, you know, when I went up there, I mean, uh, I can't guess the year again. Yeah, yeah. Um that was more like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I came up back to, to yeah, in the 90s. You're right. You're right. I remember. Whew. <laughs> yeah. God, what a trip. I'm trying to remember these things. Something. And so... You, you met your husband when you were doing this death penalty case. Uh, yes. And uh, I was a student. I was a student at, at Santa Barbara College of Law. Mm-hmm. I was 53, but I was going to law school. And I signed up for an independent studies at the public defender's office because I wanted to be a public defender. So I went there and I just happened to get put on this case that had just come in and the public defender head public defender said, you know, you, Mr. Weisberg could really use some help. Uh-huh. And so it was it was a big thrill to me because I was suddenly being an attorney while I was still in law school mm. and I passed the bar while we were doing the trial, et cetera. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. And then the reason I left there mm-hmm. was because I wasn't able, I didn't get hired by the public defender's office. And I didn't know till later, till I had it explained to me, it was my age, you know, I've been nearing retirement for too long. <laughs> I was 50, 53 when I passed, so about 54. And I couldn't make a living trying to be a lawyer by myself. And a couple of lawyers that were associated with Zen Center said they would have some writing work for me to do. And I blocked on the names now because because it's emotional to me because I couldn't, well, I got stuck doing filing clerk stuff and it was awful. It was terrible. Mm. Mm. I thought, this is what I went to law school for? No. And this is what I came to San Francisco for? No. And so that's when I went into my big depression and did the unforgivable thing of going to the bridge and almost getting over the railing and um yeah and then I was in the hospital for 3 weeks and I got wonderful treatment but Zen Center um said I could come back and live there if they had access to my medical records. And at that time, I, for some reason, didn't think that was fair. And I now think that was a very fair thing since I tried to jump off the bridge. Maybe they'd like to know what I'm thinking about. But it, <laughs> so I, 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 I moved, moved out, but I did a lot of volunteer stuff up there as an attorney and it was very, very uh, stimulating and made me feel like a a whole person who's contributing to society in her own little way. Yeah. And so you so were I doing volunteer better. work as an attorney. Yeah. All right, yeah. but there you were. You were using it then. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and then also the drama. I was using the drama with there was a brain injured group that we did a group and then and then also uh disabled were mostly um I'm trying to, well anyway I did that and that was fun doing doing theater with them yeah so that also made me feel better yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and, um you know I was seeing you during this difficult period you had uh, you would? Yeah. Um, uh, that's when, w- when you were up there at that time, that's when I did the, the, the wonderful interview with you, uh, that's yeah, on right. com, And I used so much mm-hmm. of what you had to say in Crooked Cucumber. Um, yeah. It was great. Um, and, uh, that's when you told me, that you had Marion Derby's original uh, manuscript oh, yeah. for Zen Mind, Beginner's oh, I Mind. I still do. I still do. But I thought you had copies of it. Well, that's what I'm telling you now. So, um, uh, uh, I, you know, I was uh, 
working on Crooked Cucumber. And one thing I was doing was um, uh, I had been collecting all of the uh, transcripts and uh, uh, recordings and everything that I could of Suzuki Roshi lectures because they weren't really Mm -hmm. collected well. Uh, No, in fact, I asked when I was there, I asked Michael Wegner, is that it? Wenger. And if I, Wenger, if I could um, listen to some of the tapes. And he said, no, they weren't giving them out. So. Well, they didn't have copies. They didn't have. Oh. You know. You had to make the copies. Well, well, that was taken care of. And Michael worked on that and saw that tapes were available to listen to in the library. They had to, it was a whole process of first archiving the original tapes. There were copies, single copies made Mm. at the time they were recorded. But anyway, um, uh, there, there, you know, we, we didn't have, uh, uh, we didn't have, uh, a a lot uh, from the original Los Altos. Because uh, Les Kay had given the tapes to some woman he thought was taking them to the Zen Center, and uh, oh. all but two of them were lost. Uh, oh my! We never goodness. saw them again. Uh, and um, oh. uh, and I feel bad because when I learned that, I think I had some clues I could have followed up on to find them, oh. and and I was so busy I didn't do it. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. that's all right. Uh, we pretty, we've got quite a bit, but um, and uh, uh, also uh, the the the, the uh, librarian at Zen Center. No, it was a woman in the office, Diane uh, from England, showed me mm-hmm. in the library storage room a box with the with the, the original. Uh, uh, the original transcriptions of all the lectures that is just yeah. stuck away there. Oh, and so I, I got all that and put that online and everything. It took a lot. I stayed up all night once I saw that in the, in the, uh, yeah. in the photocopy room of Zen Center. And, um, mm-hmm. I was still working when people were going to Zazen the next morning. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it was so <laughs> wonderful to find, huh? But I, yeah. but what you had, was, uh, I guess Marion had given a few bound, uh, sort of like with loose leaf folders. Uh, yeah, with, the, with that kind of that funny kind of paper, like a carbon paper kind of. Mm, I can't, I can't. Not re- carbon paper, but no. it has a funny feel to it. Yeah. It's not yeah. like a regular sheet of paper. Right. Yeah. And it was in a blue binder, I think. But um, so uh, I was talking to you about making a copy of it, and uh, you were going through some uh, different, like you said, very difficult period, and uh, yeah. it, it took a while for you to agree to do it. And we had lunch at Greens, and we just started oh, talking. Oh, yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, we talked and talked. We drank and then a bunch of I wine. Do? Did I just? Did I just drop? Whatever I was supposed to do or something, was I supposed to give you? No, no. The, the you, man- 
you, oh. you brought it with you, and we went over to the Kinko's, and uh, I made a copy of it. And um, of, of Marion's thing. Yeah, of Mary. It, it only had okay. thirteen lectures. It was it yeah. was called. She called it Beginner's Mind, and it was selected lectures. It was like an mm-hmm. important piece of history. But here's yeah. something you told me at that time. You told me the reason you did not jump off the Golden Gate Bridge was because you remembered oh, that good. you had that this. book. And you thought, if I do this, it, you were staying in a like a cheap hotel room in the Mission or somewhere because I picked you up there. Uh-huh. And, and you said, that will be lost. And I can't do that. I have to go back and yeah. protect it. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, my goodness. Now that you tell me, it sounds true. Yeah, because I know that had a lot to, to do with why I was keeping going. You know, how you have something in your mind that makes you feel like you're doing something. Wow. Well, you know, I lost track of you after that. And mm-hmm. uh, I really didn't know anything about you until a few weeks ago when Lynn, uh, who I also hadn't been in, t- I hadn't been in touch with Lynn since 1971 or something, uh-huh. you know, or way yeah. back then. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I can't even remember how I got in touch with her. Oh, I had had some emails with her. Oh, I know why. Because uh, uh, a mother of one of my son's friends, uh, my older one, uh, no, my younger one, uh, was related to her. They were like, oh, I don't know. Oh. I can't remember. Very closely <laughs> related. Uh, oh, interesting. Uh, and, so anyway, you got in touch with her and... Yeah, she so she said she was, was in touch with you. And I went, oh, my God, I would love to talk to Tony. Mm. Well, I'm sorry I haven't been too helpful with all these years and stuff with making it clear for you, the process of oh the unfolding of the years. You have nothing to be sorry about. You've, uh, you've had a wonderful... Uh, fascinating life and and you've contributed a lot uh to Zen Center and you've contributed an enormous amount to the uh Cuke archives. Uh Oh, good. Yeah. Good. And you sound so you sound great. Uh what what year were you born? I am 1940. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm 83, just turned 83 last month. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Wow. But I'm uh I'm okay. I uh sometimes think I'm losing my memory, but don't we all? No, no, and you're not. Times. You're not. You know, you're <laughs> Well, look, memory deteriorates. I remember once Mark uh, Alexander told me uh we start losing uh, proper nouns in our 30s. great huh yeah but but that's uh, I've never been good with years period even when I was young I just years 
And my sense of time is very bad. Very uh-huh. bad sense of time. But that's all right. It usually doesn't matter. <laughs> that's true. Oh, so how did I get down to Santa Barbara this time? Don't we didn't tell how I got. Oh, I want to hear that. Well, wait a minute. You're married to this guy. No, wait a minute. No, you're not married. You got together with him over that court case. He was married, so we didn't get together when I was down here. Yeah. But when I was up there, his wife died. And I sent him a sympathy letter, and he responded, and then he came up to see me, and then he invited me down, and then I here I came, and I didn't know whether I was doing law with him or being a partner or being a lover. It wasn't clear at all. But then after everything settled down, it's been it's been just wonderful. It's been lovely. He's real easy to get along with, and and uh, it's good. Oh, that's wonderful! And uh, well, he rescued me. Really, he rescued me. Hmm. And and that was around nineteen ninety, late nineties, huh? Uh, yeah, I. I I came to live here in 2000. I've got that one down. Uh, uh, all right. I came to live here in 2000, so it was just right right before that. Uh, 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 and and uh, uh, did you help him with his law practice? Well, he was doing a compassionate cannabis center thing, starting up the first one in Santa Barbara. And we were just working on that, and then um, he. But he was retired from public defender, uh-huh. and he, he he just did some cannabis law, and then cannabis got legal, and so he's retired, <laughs> mm-hmm. happily retired. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I'm I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. Because you know, the last time I was with you was in the the where you were in a, a very a very uh, what would you say um, it was not the height of uh, your, your life. It was it was a depth of it. You know, like you said, yeah. you were depressed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So uh, I had put so much on coming to Zen Center. And, you know, you can't do that. You can't have in your mind how this is going to be my life. And it turned out to be very disappointing and depressing. And people seemed so cold to me and compared to when Suzuki Roshi was there. And everybody went around not gosh showing to each other. And this one person, the top of the stairs, gosh showed to me and I said, you look like Robert Eichen, he said, I am. And he was the only person who gave any, like, um, well, you know, like you're supposed to uh, acknowledge people's presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, 
Sin Center has never been a real uh, love bombing type place. Uh, no. You know what love bombing is? That was uh, something uh, the Moonies did. Uh, anybody who would come, uh, any new prospect or anything, people would just bomb them with love and everything. And oh. it would just make them want to stay. And it was a great recruiting oh, yeah. tool. Um, uh, Zen centers, uh, never uh, people, uh, I, I mean, I hear all the time I have heard, uh, that people would come and they didn't feel it was particularly welcoming. It would depend though on who they met, you know? Yes. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Uh, And during that time at Zen center in the beginning, when we first moved up there, when uh, Baker was president, I was secretary of of Zen Center, and I was terrible because I'm a terrible typist, and so <laughs> I I didn't last. Um, th- that's Yvonne Rand took over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like in 6667 right when we first got Tassara yeah right then because i i was so unaware of naive about how the world worked and i i thought we should just get a little place in the country somewhere that you know we could afford for and and of course i wasn't thinking big enough and luckily other people were and they got going on the project and now there's Tassahara. Yeah. And I'm so glad. Yeah. 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 Well, what was your relationship with Dick like? Oh, well, that's funny. Well, he hardly ever looked at me and um, I finally, at one point, I told, I wrote to Suzuki Roshi in my notebook about Baker Roshi and how I thought he was very cold and he was into um, relationships with the high, not high-bound people, but, I mean, important people. And he didn't have the warmth Suzuki Roshi had. And I just thought maybe Suzuki Roshi couldn't tell it because of the, of the language difference. All right, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you wrote Suzuki Roshi about Dick, he wasn't Baker Roshi. He was Dick. He was Richard Baker. Right? It was Dick. So so you're talking about when Suzuki was alive, you you wrote in your diary, in your notebook, something about... About uh, that I didn't think he knew Dick Baker to be putting so much responsibility on him because he wasn't didn't seem like a very warm teacher to be well he wasn't a teacher then he was a student no but he was he was he was a student but he was he was you know he was looking like he was going to be Suzuki Roshi's disciple well yeah uh, that's true. That's true. Even then in 66, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, Su- Suzuki offered him transmission 
in 67. Mm. Suzuki wanted to give him transmission uh, from when we started Tassajara, and, and Dick refused. He said, no, it's too soon. Oh. Uh, well, good for him. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you, you know the, the the there were so many people that could not see what Suzuki saw in Dick. Uh, yeah, and a lot of people when uh, when uh, when when he was going to give him transmission and stuff and and uh, in uh, like nineteen seventy. Before he went to Japan to do that, he met with mm-hmm. the senior students, uh, uh, senior priests, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they all said they were all against. They weren't against Dick. I mean, Dick was already ordained as a priest. I mean, they, they, they didn't want to see Dick in charge, you know. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they... Actually, they were telling Suzuki not to do it. I don't see how they yeah, can do well, that. Uh, that's interesting that other people did approach him. Oh yeah, it's the feelings. He, yeah, he got a you know what stone wall there, I, and he just told him, "You're going to have to trust me on this." <laughs> yeah, when uh, I turned in my notebook, I would always do it when after Zazen, I would have turned it in before. Um, not before Zazen, but the day before. And he would hand it back to me when you go through the office to Gosho, you know, at the end of Zazen. Yeah. And he would give me back my notebook. Well, this time he hit me on the head with it and said, whispered in my ear, you are as naughty as Dick Baker. Which really put me in my place. I thought, woo! But I mean, he had a humor. You know, he was being humorous about it and and realistic, and it it was very good lesson. Yeah. But it didn't didn't make me feel comfortable with Dick Baker, though. Yeah. Well, one one thing, and I pointed this out in Crooked Cucumber, is that Dick would say, I'm the only one who's really gotten, who really understands. I'm the only one who's gotten the message. Uh, I'm the only one who's really practicing with Suzuki Roshi. And he'd say it in front of Suzuki Roshi. I mean, not time after time, but I heard him do that Uh once. And Suzuki Uh just sat there, you know. Wow. Uh, So it was very, I mean, what I saw was that that Dick had a, an understanding and a relationship with Suzuki that Suzuki did feel was, I mean, it was like there was Dick was number one and he was number two also. It was like, it was his... Uh, the the way Suzuki related to him and promoted him was beyond anything he was doing with anyone else. Uh, ne- yeah. Next, though, would be Silas, really. I mean, he gave Bill Kwong yeah, a transmission. But um, uh, anyway, anyway, enough of all that. Uh, uh, anyway, that's that's very interesting. You uh, Yeah. 
You had that. But if, but Suzuki Roshi knew what he was doing, and and uh, I obviously <laughs> was being silly. No, uh, no, it was uh, true. I really felt like I was telling him something that was lost in the culture. You know, he was. Uh, you know, a social climber and so forth, and um, um, what that, that's that's interesting that that is the aspect of him that you pointed out back then. Uh, mm. Uh huh. And that he was cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Well. But see, he was only cold to people, I guess, who weren't important to him. Didn't he? Didn't have some reason to have them on his side or something? Yeah, because he made no, no effort at all, as I say, to even look at me, let alone speak to me. Yeah, even when I was secretary, I mean, it was like I was just uh, ab- absent from his reality. Yeah. Well, you know, let's look at another person who was very close to Suzuki Roshi and was ordained uh, by him back in 64, I guess, with Philip Wilson. Oh, I know. I knew Philip Wilson. My gosh. He was a character, wasn't he? Yeah. (laughs) He was. <laughs> One way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was coming down. I think he was driving Roshi down from San Francisco to Palo Alto that first time that I sat there. And I remember him, he came in too. And uh, I was thought he was quite delightful, charming. and mm. But was he a little, little crazy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's 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 too bad. Well, he was the second head monk, the second Shuso, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know uh, what? What Dick said to me once was, "Nobody bonded with Suzuki Roshi like Philip Wilson." And mm. when they were together, when they worked together. They were like uh, a unit. Uh, uh-huh. If Philip was around Suzuki, he was like enlightened. But as soon as Suzuki was away, he, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it didn't work. Oh, this is this is so interesting because when when I would do. Doksan, have Doksan, um, I would never have any questions because they all went away when I'd be sitting by, sitting in front of Suzuki Roshi, and it would almost feel like we were levitating, and I didn't have any questions, and he asked me, do you have questions, and I said, I said, no, not when I'm with you, and he said, it's called awakened antennae, when you're with me. You share my enlightenment. Mm. So that must be like Philip and he. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it eventually got to be where he had, I, I, I believe that, that he told Philip it would be better if he wasn't around. Oh. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm in, I've been, I'm in touch with JJ, you know, who's your age and, uh, mm -hmm. who was, you know, she met Philip the, in the fifties at Stanford. In fact, she yeah. she said yeah. he was the first person she met. You know, they got married, and yeah. you know he was a very uh, prominent uh, football player. He was well known. That's what I hear. Yeah, he was right guard, and uh, I I have you know he's I've got he's told me and I have on cute dot com what he has to say about his experience. He'd end up in the hospital. After every game, well, JJ oh, said wow. he that Philip had uh, cranial. Thrombosis. It's like oh, CTD something or something. Uh, yeah, the the brain disease that football players get from oh. having multiple concussions, and she yes. said, she said, uh, you know. That football did him in, and he started, you know, even at Stanford, changing. And uh, she said he became like a different person. Mm. Mm. Well, that explains a lot. Yeah. 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 That's interesting to hear. Mm. Yeah, because I named uh, my... my uh, second son, Philip, after after him. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But see, then I, I didn't see him around anymore. I mean, I was, I don't know. I just remembered him as mm -hmm. something bright and shining. Yeah. Yeah. He He was, you know, Suzuki wanted him to be a teacher. He wanted him to have... Uh, he, he wanted to send him to the East Coast to be with these high society ladies who sat zazen. Oh, uh, uh -huh. and uh, but, you know uh, that's the way we saw it. I don't know if you'd actually. Uh, there were, you know, that might not be far from an accurate mm -hmm. description. And I thought, my God, what sort of fit is that? You know, oh, uh, yeah. uh, but um, anyway, uh, that was, he was going to go there. But then when we got Tatsuhara, Suzuki needed him at Tatsuhara. Mm, uh, okay. Yeah. So when did he finally fade away or Suzuki Roshi asked him not to be around so much? Like, uh, I'd say around 19... 70, 69, 70. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Philip was, you know, living across the street from Zen Center. And um, I just, you know, he, I don't know, he didn't have anything to do. And, uh, oh, he just sort of hang around, huh? Uh, well, he was drinking and his behavior oh. just wasn't compatible with other people and Aww. and he'd have you know he'd he'd have periods where he'd act very strangely or uh and he was so big you know and tough and everything <laughs> uh 
that it would sort of frighten some people. Uh, mm. and, and there was a woman who had an affair with him back then and wasn't involved with Zen Center, uh, who who uh, became very frightened of him and and didn't oh. want to see him anymore. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, no, yeah, he really went downhill. Well, he still, you know, even uh, I can remember around, oh God, in the early parts of this century, him coming to meetings of Suzuki disciples. And I remember I talked to him once about some of the things he had done. And he mm-hmm. got really upset and said I was lying. Oh. I didn't never do. Oh. And the next meeting he came back, he was more uh, contrite and said, did I really do those things? And I said, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. So... Um, Mm-hmm. But JJ says he died of it eventually. I don't know if that of the brain yeah. disease that comes from concussions. Yeah, it must be so. Mm. Must be so. Mm. Well, um, how about Silas? What was your relationship with oh, him? Oh, Silas! Oh, I just thought he was great. I love Silas, and um. I I didn't have a close relationship with him, but he was always warm and pleasant. And and that year at Tassajara, when when Amber was born, you know, he was having us. We were all helping him take care of the baby because Kathy was having a I guess a postpartum depression. Or something. Oh, yeah, worse than that. that. She was having yeah, an extreme uh, yeah. break. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So you okay. helped. Well, that was. Yeah, with Amber. Yeah, that was the year that the children made their rock suits. Yeah. Uh, I think Kathy actually had to leave Tassahara and go into an institution for a while. I think maybe, maybe so. Yeah. And, uh, but she did, she, you know, uh, she recovered from all that. Um, oh, good. Uh, it was, you know, one of the problems that happened with her was this, these, the, some of the early women that got pregnant at Tassahara. The, 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 the community didn't know how to respond to it. They didn't, we, we didn't have mm. enough elders. We didn't have, we didn't have women mm-hmm. who'd had children and could, I mean, we'd have maybe a few, but the community but didn't not. have that collective yeah. memory, that wisdom. So she was just alone. And there was an idea that Silas was head monk. He was Shuso mm. and that. He should practice, and she should take care of the baby. That's the Japanese model. Oh, we had Suzuki, we had yeah. Kata, we had Katagiri, we had we had Tatsugami. All saw it that way, you know. All the Japanese mm-hmm. saw it that way. That's the way they do in Japan. The the yeah, priest practices, sure. and the mother takes uh-huh. care of the baby. But what they're leaving out is the mother had a temple, had a community, had a family, you know. But yeah. they didn't have that at Tassara. 
So it was really hard on the first women who were pregnant, except for Ruthie Disco, who wasn't a student. They had a wonderful experience. uh Oh, good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's great. But incidentally, that became much better under Dick Baker. Dick was very pro-family. Oh, Um, good. Yeah, I mean, there were women at Tassara because of him. Uh, Hmm. uh, And uh, I was there. You mean there weren't going to be women at Tassara? Suzuki had never thought about having, he'd never seen a monastery with men and women. No. It had never been one. Uh, Yeah. 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 I was there with my first wife, Daya, and, and Kelly. We, we, we moved there when Kelly was a few months old, and we had a great time. Mm-hmm. And Where were you saying? At Tassara. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Uh, we had a lot of help, <laughs> but even though I was head monk, I, I spent, you know, as much time as I could with little mm-hmm. Kelly, but also we had help from students. There wasn't that idea there had been before of, you know, she's a student, she should be practicing. They, they, you know, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It had to evolve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, my goodness. So. Rhonda wants to talk to me. Are right, you connect us? Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, what have we left out? What have what what have you what have you kept from us here? Hmm. Mm, I've I've left out sort of trying to find uh, another teacher. Yeah. After Roshi died, like like going to Katagiri, and then I went to uh, a session with uh, um, Sasaki Roshi. Oh yeah, tell me and, about that. Yeah, and I didn't like him from the beginning. When when I'd have my koans, he'd always say, "Show me how you would be married to a." Uh, and then he'd say something, like a pine tree or a bird, and I'd get up and do some, <laughs> something, and then he'd, but he'd pass me on it. And it was like, I felt it was just a, a, a game-playing thing, and I felt embarrassed that I was playing the game. And then he said how women and men should, should, shouldn't be dressing alike, and here we were dressing alike because we were... Zen students, <laughs> and we were sitting in Sazen. But anyway, I found out about about him. Oh, when I sat, Leonard Cohen sat across from me when I sat with Sasaki Roshi. And it was so fun being across from Leonard Cohen. And then, of course, I've read since then about him and him and Roshi and talking about women and stuff, and I'm sure they did. 
Did you talk to Leonard Cohen any or? No, no, I didn't. Oh, because you were just there for a session. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I wasn't living there. Yeah. I was just there for a session. Mm. And it was kind of fun because it was different. It was a fast walking and everything that the Vinzai do, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. But then when I left, I had the feeling, you know, but I'm, you can't trust my feelings. I had the feeling that he was trying to get me to stay. I had the feeling that he had that kind of seductive, manipulative, almost coercion kind of thing that I, but, but, but he didn't say you should stay. He didn't say that. Well, isn't that sort of normal for, a, you know, it, you, you, you met a teacher, you sat with him, and he wanted you to stay? I, I, what's the problem? Oh, well, <laughs> I just didn't trust him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't trust him. I got it. And, and then, uh, let's see, what else did I do? Oh, well, later, uh, after I came down here this last time to Santa Barbara, I went online um, with Bill Kwong. Yeah. And and that was, that was good, and, and I was getting up in the morning and sitting with them, you know, on Zoom. But um, then he had a book of Sasaki Roshi's that he was lecturing out of and having us read and and study. And I told him that, you know, he was a womanizer and that he had, you know, hurt several people. And he said, yes, but... When he writes about it, when he, not about it, when he writes, it's so clear. And I thought, yeah. And I said, but it isn't, it doesn't make uh, us feel good, most of us women, when we have to hear about this guy as this great teacher, when we know that he has gone astray. That's not the word for it. But, um, and Bill wouldn't, he wouldn't, uh, budge on it. He kept saying, no, it doesn't matter. And so then I quit sitting with them. So that's another thing I quit. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of a shame because it did have me getting up with people every morning and, and, uh, sitting with other people in a way, you know, that was good. That's very interesting that, that Bill Kwong was using a book of Sasaki's to teach yeah, with. I thought so. I thought here you here here we could be reading Suzuki Roshi or somebody else we don't have to be doing. And uh I talked to another woman who was uh, studying up there and she said they had talked to him about it but he just didn't see the problem. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, you, you know, when, when it came out about Sasaki, 
publicly. Uh-huh. I had known about it, I swear, for at least a decade. And wow. I had heard that his board confronted him, I mean, a decade before, and talked to him about it. Mm-hmm. And he's been, you know, he just said, well, I, I need it. You know, I'll go back to Japan. If I, He said, I like women. Oh. You know, he just could <laughs> not see their point. Uh, so uh, what I heard was they wow, started telling like women, him. they started telling women, look, if he comes on to you, just, uh, just tell him no, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially when you're forewarned, it helps. You know, but, uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's something. Well, what else? Hmm. That's probably it. Except that now I'm not sitting with a group and I don't drive. And I live atop of a hill with a steep um, driveway. And I can't even uh, try to start a little group here because there's no place for people to come and park. Mm. Mm. But that's that's not... I, I should be connected somehow. I should be. But there's this... There's a Santa Barbara Zen Center that meets once every two weeks or something. I don't know, every so often. But they said they followed, they followed, the teachers they followed, and one of them was Maizumi Roshi and Suzuki Roshi, they said. But Maizumi Roshi, I also didn't want to be following Maizumi Roshi. Now, now why is that? Because he had affairs. Oh, indeed he did. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, many, 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 many. Um, mm. uh, he was sort of different. Like if you look at Edo, who came on in, in New York to... Mm-hmm. Uh, just about every woman he could at any time for his entire mm-hmm. career. Uh, mm. When Ada was confronted with it, he was combative, you know. He'd say, you're oh, my enemy, uh-huh. you know, if you do, you know. Oh. My Zumi would, uh-huh. would, would, would admit it and say it was outrageous and that he needed help. Uh, he was... Uh, and he did oh, that about goodness. drinking too. His drinking, you know, he he oh, went into yeah, treatment that. and con- cried with oh. his student. Maizumi had uh, uh, oh. different sides to him. Very interesting. Did I see? Did Did you know him? Um, did Did you have any experience with him? No, I really didn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Only I think when he came up to Zen Center once. But I didn't have any bad experiences with him, no. No, I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. Uh-huh. But then Bill was talking about, and I don't know that I say it right, Chumpa? Yeah. Who was talking about? Oh, Bill Kwong. Bill Kwong. Yeah. And about him admiringly, and yet, uh, boy, this is real gossip. 
Yeah. But he told me that um, that um, Chumpa had said he wanted to have sex with with Bill's wife, and Bill said it like it was kind of cool. They didn't do it. I'm sure. I can't imagine that she would have. But then I thought that about Bill. I thought that's that's funny. Why do you think that's cool? I mean. What, He's supposed to be a teacher. He's not supposed to be wanting to go to bed with your wife. Oh, Trunkba, Trunkba's, uh was just wide, wide open about uh, sleeping with, uh, uh, again, any woman who would or he was interested in, and uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like affairs. It was. Um, was almost a part of the practice at oh, uh, uh-huh. in, in Boulder, uh-huh. um, oh, and uh, you know his his uh, son who became his successor, uh, although uh, was having affairs and was totally discredited because of it and had to go back to Nepal. It was so funny. I I never understood. Well, Trump was Why this his way, son? but his son, <laughs> his son couldn't get away with it. I mean, it was, isn't that funny? Oh gosh! Well, well, just look at it from the point of view of of sexual desire, sexual drive, people being attracted to each other, and what what I see is that uh, uh, p- practice. By itself, some idea of practice or uh, uh, or enlightenment or anything like that doesn't uh, appear to me to diminish the sex drive uh, at all. No. So it, it's Mm-mm. it's um, uh, it's it, then it's going to be social pressure. Uh, uh, well, discipline, discipline, I'm not not you know. Giving in to each desire as it comes along. Use discipline. Yeah, but you, you've you got to have a, a society that really reinforces it with some... Uh, I mean, America was too promiscuous for, for it to have the backup. You need yeah. to sort of when go, well, nobody saw, really cares, you know. Or, I don't know. It, it's hard to mm-hmm. understand. Uh, I mean, I was very promiscuous, too. But um, I was very, very careful not to be a, I mean, you know, I was ordained as a priest and all that, and I did it. Uh-huh. But uh, I stopped wearing robes. I really, I don't want to have to be a good, a good example. Uh, mm-hmm. And then. You know, yeah. as, as I got when older. Did you, when I, did you decide not to not to wear robes and do the thing? When, when uh, I was uh, Jisha, uh, you know, carrying the incense for Katagiri, when he was uh-huh. uh, at Green Gulch giving a lecture in, oh, the 80s, uh, uh, say maybe 83 or something. And I... I uh, I would wear my robes when I was in the Zendo or when if I was going to a lecture. You know, I wasn't, mm-hmm. 
I wasn't living at Zen Center then, but I'd come to mm-hmm. events and stuff. Uh, so anyway, I guess I was staying at Green Guns for a while. But when Katagiri, this was on a Sunday. Uh, so, you know, I was a teacher. So I sat, uh, near him. I, you know, I, you know, I walked in with him with the incense and I mm-hmm. sat near him. And, and so I was facing the, the, uh, several hundred people who'd come for his lecture and I could see, mm-hmm. I could see women looking at me. Uh, and I could see, you know, I had good radar. Uh, uh, I could see women looking at me like, uh, with interest. Uh, mm. and I thought, you know, it's my position in my robes. They're, they're, uh, you oh. know, they're, uh, it's like a magnet. Uh, yeah. And I just didn't wear robes in public again. So you didn't, you didn't use that. You, you were trustworthy. Yeah, I liked being promiscuous in that particular mm-hmm. relationship I had because I was being wild and crazy. But, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't want to mix it with Zen Center. I'd done that uh, a oh, little Lord. when I was, you know, in the 60s, good Lord, we were very oh, yeah. promiscuous. But yes. uh, there wasn't any, there wasn't, weren't that, the repercussions that there got when to be I later. When I met Silas, he was a member of the Sexual Freedom League way back in the beginning, and he had a little button on that said, if it moves, caress it. Silas Hoadley? That's how promiscuous we, yes, yes. That was so funny. I was, that was, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. It made me laugh, you know, but it was far out. You know, before he came to Zen Center, he, and maybe when he first started sitting at Zen Center, he was living in a commune in the Haight-Ashbury, I guess before it was the Haight-Ashbury, that uh, he saw Tommy Dorsey. Uh, was mm-hmm. involved with I, I don't know the exact thing, but I think uh, Charles Manson, what might have been involved in that, or, you know, there was stuff happening. But I don't quite know, but what, Silas. In freedom week? Well, no, I, I don't know any details, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, there were psychedelics. There were. You know, sexual freedom. It was like, it was like before Haight Ashbury really got going. But, um, uh, then, you know, Silas also was an importer and it was making a lot of money. And, mm. but at Zen Center, he was a very proper, rather, you know, he didn't come across yes. as wild at all. But no, no, he didn't. But very Mm-mm. tolerant and wise and open-minded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. That's something. Well, yeah. Um, well, those are interesting topics we have looked into. My goodness, yes. Mm-hmm. haven't thought about some of this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh. Yeah. Well, um, so, uh, 
I guess we'll just keep practicing the best we can, huh? Mm-hmm. Yes, we will. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. There's definitely online groups you could be associated with. Yeah, I really have to. There's um, um, Vipassana, you know, and, you know, what's his name that was a um, Soto Zen priest? Um, Gil. Gil? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Gil sitting with. Yeah, I was sitting online with that group for a while, but then I thought, well, why am I not doing Zen? Pure, the way my teacher showed me, and not trying to do some of these things like um, notice what's arising and blah, 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 and all these kind of trippy things to do while you're sitting, mm-hmm. which was interesting, but I thought this just isn't the way that I understand it right. to be. But he's very good. He's, you know, but because yeah. Lynn told me that she had, she had uh, sat with him or online or something and recommended him because I talked to her about how I wasn't sitting with Bill's uh, group anymore, um, and so then she told me about Gil. I did that for quite a while. Hmm. Mm, there you go. There's another one. <laughs> Norman yeah. Fisher has a big group. Online? Yeah. Well, I guess. Sure, he's yeah. got to. Everybody's got online. To. Uh, yes. I have yes. I have online Zazen. You do? Yeah, but, but it's at the first of every uh, podcast I put on. Uh, oh. And... But it's not live. You just—I I even I posted it once. I said all you have to do is uh, is um, open it up and then hit pause <laughs> and meditate for as long as you want. Oh, and, yeah. And we have a, a we had a bell at the first when you're through. Uh, you know, oh. you you release pause. There's another bell. And that ends the meditation. Oh, funny. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. You're, you're a card, I tell you. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, Lynn, uh, Lynn and I sometimes get together. We, we Zoom and, uh, and we sit some meditation together. Mm, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, yeah. I never felt. Any attraction to that? Uh, to sitting zazen? Online together. <laughs> Never. Oh. That's why I did no, the, no. The, the pause to meditate. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I get, you know what I could do? I should, I should make a whole website for it, pause to meditate. And yeah. it could just always be there. <laughs> you, could just, <laughs> you just hit, all you have to do is hit, hit one click on one place and a bell rings and uh, when you're ready to end just click on another place and a bell will ring does, yours, does it do that oh my gosh uh, <laughs> that's funny and we're we're all sitting together because 
it's all at the same time. Uh, yeah. You know, whenever you sit, you're sitting with all beings. You're sitting with everybody who ever sat. Um, yeah. Uh, it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Well, look, Tony, let's see how long we've been talking. We have been talking for, i got to put my glasses on, one hour and 38 minutes and four seconds. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and we've covered a few topics in a few years. Yeah. And a few moves and a few things that wrinkled my forehead. Ah, uh, well. Things like the... Um, just, just Sasaki Roshi and and all that. That really affected me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I met him a couple of times. Uh, in fact, I, I have, I'm going to, it's going to be in the Tatsara stories, but, because they, they, it relates to Tassarin's Zen Center. Uh, oh, uh-huh. And um, mm-hmm. I have an interview with him on com, uh that, oh, uh-huh. that, I, that uh, Bob Halperin and I did in 1969. Oh, Bob Halperin. Where's Bob Halperin? He's in uh, uh, Halifax. Is he? You know, all the Trunkbus people went, to, not all of them. Trump moved his center to Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, oh, I see. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, anyway. Well, look, dear, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. It really has. I'm, I'm just really happy to see how well you're doing. Okay. Well, I'm glad to talk to you and just wish I'd been a little more coherent, maybe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, one thing we didn't touch on was uh, Tony died. How long ago did he die? Um, Now it's been, it's been over five years. It's been... Oh, uh-huh. Maybe, maybe it could be going on ten. Mm-hmm. See how I am with time? Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but he kept doing a group. I got to hand it to him. He kept sitting right up to almost the very end. He really was steady in his practice that way. Oh, that's good. And that was in, did, was he involved with the group in um, in, in uh, uh, Santa Not Barbara? One, no, he was before that, really, before that one existed, and he uh, it was geez, for quite a while. No, but you said he just at his house. At say that again. Uh, at his house, he he led the sessions. I mean the oh, you mean right right that. up to before he died. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. And did you all have uh, much communication or anything? Well, most of the time we 
we did. We, because he was sort of like a best friend, you know, somebody that you marry so young and yeah, you go through so much together. That uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. All right. Well, okay. Uh, listen. Uh, I, I want to encourage you to finish that book. If there's any way I can help you, let me know. Let's stay in touch about okay. it. Okay. 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 You. All right. I will. Yeah. I will do that. Yeah, that okay. would be neat. That would be neat. Okay, honey. All Thank right. you very much for your time and your interest and your support. Mm. And now uh, we'll talk again. Yeah, indeed. It's been wonderful. You take care. Okay. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. So thank you very much, Tony. Tony Johansson. Well, actually, she's not Johansson anymore. She's uh, Tony Weisberg. And between Joanna and Weisberg, she was McCarty. So thanks a lot, Tony Weisberg, formerly Johansson, formerly McCarty. Appreciate it, and we'll be hearing from you later when uh, you read that um, notebook of yours. That's pretty cool. That's already recorded. <laughs> okay, so this has been a cute audio podcast. I'm D.C. Pooba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Dogget, Bandita, Feline Cuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.